Hi everyone, today is November 6, 2021. This is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. This week there are a lot of little things to talk about. Um, game is still going on before the KC Cup. A lot of little things, like I mentioned. Talking about the meta. Still a very same meta, but there's some movers and risers and fallers. And that's thanks to new dual skill that was bestowed upon us so that is another free dual skill that has shaken up the meta gonna talk about the forbidden and limited list update this is a one card ban and it's not what you think it's one of those things that just happens because konami wants to be safe or something so a card that nobody ever played is getting uh, put on limited one Talk about the accessory popularity poll. This is a kind of a fun one. We'll discuss all the possibilities. And I think there's a clear winner in the accessory popularity poll. Duelist Road Dimension, Dark Side of Dimensions, two new cards. Um, I guess I'll talk about what Duelist Road has become. Um, and then finally, we'll talk about Silvio Salvatore. Today's the catch-up episode for him. So going to talk about his dual skills, his uh, level up cards, and his farmable cards as well. So, just for those not aware, the Dual Assessment Podcast is available wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, and all those other searchers, as well as on Roku. All the the back episodes are available on the website thedualassessment.wordpress.com so you can go back and listen to all the old stuff as well. My week in Dual World, I think I ended last season Legend 3, 2 or 3, um, with gimmick puppets again. I think, you know, this season, the KC Cup is backloaded, so the end of the month has the KC Cup. So, you know, if you are going to play more ranked, get to wherever you want, before the KC Cup happens. I think I'm going to switch over to Harpies for the KC Cup. Just because gimmick puppets won't really get me anywhere. Frankly, like, um, Harpies are the meta. And they go through it. And I have all the cards. So I might as well play the meta deck. Um, I don't have three copies of Book of Moon or whatever. But, you know, like, it's going to get me further than I would with gimmick puppets, honestly. So... I think that's the play going forward. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to get in these ranked duel games. I think the KC Cup would count. I'm not sure if the KC Cup games count as ranked duels, but anyways. Um, yeah, so we'll see We'll see how it goes. And um going to have to switch over the Harpies, I guess. I, I've been buying some um, of the... Double D box, but I think it's be a while before I could even get enough cards to play that deck. And honestly, like, get like I would have to buy through the structure deck a few times because I don't have any of the cords to begin with. Like, I needed the swirl slimes and things like that. So it's gonna be a long road before I even try to play double D. Let's talk about tournaments. MCS Duel Links Meta Meta Championship Series Forty Seven happened last week. First place, Serenity from Songstress to Maestra, Melodious. So Melodious takes first place 
This is the basic uh, core. Three copies of Score, the Melodious Diva. Three copies of Soprano, the Melodious Songstress. One copy of Mozarta, the Melodious Maestra. One copy of Sonata, the Melodious Diva. One copy of Chopina, the Melodious Maestra. One copy of Solo, the Melodious Songstress. Ostinato, of course. Three copies of First Movement Solo. The other choices this deck makes three copies of MST, three copies of Breakthrough Skill, two copies of Super Team Buddy Force Unite, and two copies of Treacherous Trap Hole. This is another deck you can play um, in the KC Cup just fine. I think this is the number two deck right now. Um, and the games go pretty fast uh, with this deck as well. And part of you know playing the KC Cup is getting fast games. I think that's an aspect you don't even, you don't have to get the best deck. You have to get a deck that just gets through games fast. Because you if you want to climb through the KC Cup, you can't play a slow deck. Second place, Rystar. Dragon Knight's Path, Gaia. Um, Gaia deck. Um, this deck has lost a lot of power recently with the nerfs. Notably, this deck runs two copies of Fuma Wave, which is a card that I thought would not see the light of day, but um, it might be more useful than I thought. It is a free uh, removal uh, on a trap card. So it's one for one instead of a two for one. And this deck runs Archfiend Eccentric, of course. This is with the first Pendulum Monster to see play in general. And it's generally a pretty useful one from that selection box super mini number one. Up for Umso, Territory of the Sharks, Crystrons. Crystrons are back. Not really, but um, this version utilizes. Different packages. There's a Mermail package. Three copies of Mermail Abyssius. Three copies of Mermail Abyss Spike. And two copies of Butuniful Princess. So you you um, use the Butuniful Princess to search for the fish. You special summon the Abyss Spike. And then you can add a level 3 water monster from your deck to your hand. Which could be any of those Crystron uh, Tuner cards. Not the Tuners. The Fist, Vern... The Smiger, the Citri, the Quan, the Quan's a tuner, appraised turtle, all those things, and then the the big guy, the Mer- Mermail Abyssius, can just get special summon from the hand, and you could tutor the Mermail Abyss Spike. A fort, the Lada, Ultimate Dragons, Blue Eyes, Blue Eyes looks exactly the same that it always did, and of course when you're playing Blue Eyes. You have to run those discard traps. Two copies of Karma Cut, two copies of Divine Wrath. Alright, let's move on to Duel Links Lounge. Millennium Cup number 20. First place, Necrofear. I think he's the guy who runs the tournament. Harpies, Hunting Ground, Harpies. Um, three copies of Book of Moon and a Chalice. Otherwise, the deck is pretty much the same. I think this is the best version of it, where it runs two Oracle, three Channeler, one Harpist, two Perfumer, and one Harpy Lady. One. This is this is kind of the deck I would run, but I don't have um, the three Book of Moon. I probably would just put in some Forbidden um, cards, Forbidden Chalice, Forbidden Lance in the place of Book of Moon. Second place, Ryu Zane, Territory of the Sharks, Water Xyz. This deck is notable because it's the first Water Xyz deck I've seen that just runs one copy of Atlantean Heavy Infantry. You know, ever since that deck existed, you would run two copies of that card, but they only have one copy of each Atlantean card. Um, Smashing Ground is also in this deck, which makes you think non-target 
abilities might be pretty good. Top 4, Giorfio, Destiny, Draw, Thunder Dragons. Thunder Dragons pretty much have um, Odd Eyes Advanced Dragon as a core card now. And the Battery Man Solar as well. Top 4, Kedge, D, Harpies, Hunting Ground, Harpies. This is a more of an oddball deck. Um, runs Bad Aim. That's one thing. Bad Aim is a fine card to have if you're missing other cards. It runs, uh, you know, Harpy Lady 1 and Cyber Harpy Lady. You know, typically if you only have one um, Egotist in a deck like this deck does, you would just run one of those. And it runs three copies of Perfumer, which is um, typically a card you run one, uh, two of, sorry. Let's get to Duelings Meta Weekly 200. And here we see an uprising. In the top 32, 12 are Destiny Heroes. So Destiny Heroes took the top share here. And that's because of their new skill. First place, Frost. Clock of Destiny, Masked Hero. Are you calling these, like, Clock Heroes now? Or I think they call them Destiny Heroes officially instead of Masked Heroes. But now it's, um, now it's a new deck. So Clock of Destiny deck. I guess it's time to talk about the skill. So this is a new Astro Phoenix skill you can get pretty easy. You just have to duel with only Dark Monsters and win four times with Astro Phoenix. Each of the following effects can be used once per duel. Send one level 4 lower Destiny Hero monster from your hand to the graveyard. Then you can add Clock Tower Prison from your deck to your hand. So you have to run the Clock Tower Prison in the deck, notably. You can't just get a free one. Or a second ability, select one Clock Tower Prison in your field zone, place three Clock Counters on it. Then you can add MST from your hand to your deck. Return the Clock Tower Prison to your deck at the end of the turn. This skill can be used if you begin the duel of a deck that contains 8 or more Destiny Hero monsters and has no other monsters other than Destiny Hero or Elemental Hero. So this is notable because this forces a deck change. No Vision Heroes. Vision Hero, Ferris, and all those other... Um, like Vision Hero Subtract or Minus. I feel what, shit. I forgot what it's called, but there were these other... Vision Hero, Vion, another one. So... They were also in the extra deck, so the Vision Hero, um, one that hits for 5,000, Trinity, for example, Vision Hero, Adoration, those cards are all out. And um, you should run MST, because Clock Tower Prison gives you a tutor. I mean, the Clock of Destiny skill gives you a tutor to MST. So, all you have to do is discard... Any Destiny Hero monster from your hand to the graveyard, you add that Clock Tower Prison. And with the Clock Tower Prison, of course, it's tied to the Dreadmaster. That's the whole goal of the card. Um, it's a little stall card, of course. You, when you, there's four clock counters, you don't take any battle damage, so you're pretty much impervious to all hits. Um, it could get popped by MST, of course, but you know, you're banking on the fact that your opponent doesn't have MST. Um, and then you summon Dread Hero, Dreadmaster, so you should... You know, to play this deck, you need the Clock Tower Prison, you need the Dreadmaster, and you need at least one MST. So, um, you know, this deck, three copies of Stratus, one copy of um, Destiny Hero Dreadmaster, three copies of Decider, three copies of Celestial, three copies of Drill Dark. So pretty much the basic um, Destiny Heroes are back. Three MST, three Book of Moon, two Offerings to the Doomed, Two Mask Change, one Destiny Draw, one Clock Tower Prison, of course, and two Treacherous Trap Hole. 
The extra deck looks a little different as well. Two copies of Master Hero Anki, one Master Hero Blast, and then you've got an XZ's, uh, rank 4 XZ's going on because there's so many rank 4's. Heroic Champion Excalibur, Malevolent Sin, Diamond Direwolf, and Heraldry Patriarch. You kind of mix around with what rank 4 generic um, XZ's monsters you use, so um, that's something to consider. But this is a new meta deck thanks to this new skill we get. Second place Trap, Contract, Procrastination, Double D. This is a different deck than the one we saw that placed last week. Notably, this runs a lot of cards from the Structure deck. Proud Ogre, three copies of Proud Ogre, and one copy of Triple D, Chaos King, Apocalypse. Proud Ogre has some upside because he lets you play rank 6 XEs. So this deck runs um, Constellar, Petalomi, M7, the Digital Bug, Rhinos Bus, which is a ramp card, I guess, and Insector Exit Beetle. So Insector Exit Beetle ramps into the Rhinos Bus, basically. There's less of a fusion component here, just three um, triple D fusion cards. This deck also runs uh, Orthos, and it has a um, Stromberg package. Three copies of Glyph, the Phantom Bird, and three Golden Castle of Stromberg. So benefit of the contract procrastination is it prevents the Golden Castle of Stromberg from milling ten cards as Banish. So this is something we're going to see get abused. The Stromberg and... Double D, Triple D effect with Contract Procrastination. I think that's pretty strong. This might get nerfed. Like, the Stromberg might get nerfed because of Contract Procrastination. Um, we'll see. Top 4, Popeye Master, Clock of Destiny, Destiny Hero. Um, same deck as the first place deck. Um, not much more to say than that. Top 4, Brent, Harpies, Hunting Ground, Harpies. Um... Yeah, nothing new here. Breakthrough skills in the deck. Uh, skill Prisoners, also a card that you see some play now. Um, those are two pretty good cards. Because they get popped. They get popped by like MST and they're still usable in the graveyard. So that's um, one of the benefits of those cards. So all of this culminates into the Duel Links meta power rankings. Harpies are still the tier 1 deck at 25.8. Going into the KC Cup, you should be expecting to counter harpies that's why a card like poisonous winds is pretty good because it negates um uh, wind attribute monsters which all the harpies are tier 2 we have melodious at 10.4 water xes at 9.8 destiny heroes the new arrival at 8.2 i expect this deck to keep going up you'll send you at 7.2 tier 3 magnet warriors at 6 guy at 5.4 and triple d have arrived at 4.5 I mean, just going into the KC Cup, there's a few choices now. Harpies, Melodious, Destiny Hero being the obvious ones. Um, any of these decks are pretty viable. Magnet Warriors I consider a little slower. Um, Triple D is pretty strong, um, but it still has a little bit to go. Destiny Heroes are, are a deck that's a sleeper because they have they are a deck that a lot of people already have the cards to, so it's only pretty easy to build that. It doesn't take too long. All right. So now we're going to talk about the Forbidden Limited List update. And this is just one card being put to Limited 1. And this is on November 15th. And this isn't because this card's OP or anything, but we could try to guess about why it is. This is the Necroz of Valkyrias. This card came out 
in Judgment Zone, Judgment Force, which is a while ago. It's a ritual card. You can ritual summon this with any Necroz ritual spell. It must be ritual summoned without any, using any level 8 monsters. So this is level 8 itself, and it requires more than one level 8. When an opponent's monster declares an attack, you can banish one Necroz card from your graveyard, discard this, negate the attack, and the battle phase. Or, during your main phase, you can tribute up to two monsters from your hand or field. If you do, draw the same number of cards you tributed. So, no one played this archetype at all, really. And one can think about Pendulum monsters coming into the game. So, there are Necroz Pendulum monsters. And I am thinking that this card is being preemptively nerfed in case those cards become too good. Um, sure, I guess. Um, I don't... I, I'm sure there's, like, a lot of other Necroz cards that are released in the game. And this might have been, like, the most powerful one we have so far. So, that's something. It's not a notable nerf at all. And it's just a spoiler of things to come. Certain cards that would get released. I don't think Necroz was associated with any character in the show or anything like that, but... Just something to keep your eye out in the future. And notably, Necroz is an archetype that is like mixed in with other archetypes. So like Brionic, um, Ungnir, any of those like Ice Barrier-ish cards. They could get involved. I don't know. I us talk about the accessory popularity poll. So there's this uh, poll that's on the game. And you get to vote for your favorite battle. So... Monsters that battled in the manga. Let's go through all these. I think there's a clear winner. There's a few clear winners. Any any battle that was a meme could be a winner. Um, and it's not wrong to pick any of these that battled as a meme. But, you know, if you picked one that was boring, then I would fault you for that. Dark Magician versus Blue Eyes. Clearly, you should not vote for this one because this happens a million times. This happens every time Yugi and Kaiba get in a fight, so I would not vote for this one. Um, I would do my best not to vote for this one because you already see this a ton, and um, it'll be boring to get a mat that's just those cards because you see them like every day, so... <laughs> Alright, now the next one's kind of spicy. Skull Servant versus Battle Ox. I don't remember this ever happening. Like, Skull Servant, would that be like a Bones card? Um, Like, in the show itself, I don't think the Battle Ox ever fought against, against um, a Skull Servant. So I don't know about this one. Um, it probably showed up in the manga, I'm assuming, because that's what this whole thing's about. But, this one's okay. Like, it's not the worst one, but, uh, there are better choices in my opinion. But I just literally don't remember this fight happening. Alright, the next one's pretty cool. Basic Insect versus Two-Headed King Rex. This is obviously Rex versus Weevil. Um, in like the first episode of the show, and um, this is the way he equips it with the laser cannon of armor, which makes it stronger somehow than a two-headed King Rex. Also hilarious that 
you would literally show up to a finals with a 1600 attack monster and a two-headed king rex and you expect to win this is like this is like the fight for a region and they're going in with a 1600 vanilla basic insects 500 attack i mean 500 attack versus 1600 attack vanilla monsters for all the glory i don't know Summon Skull versus Great Moth. This one's decent because I think the Summon Skull, um, the Great Moth got wet. Like Yugi used like a, a a spell that made everything wet, and then because water conducts electricity, as you've learned from Pokemon, the Summon Skull lit him up, and Summon Skull uses electricity, so he lit lit up the Great Moth. Giant Soldier of Stone versus Karyushin. If you're not familiar who Karyushin is, it's probably one of Mako Tsunami's monsters. Um, Karyushin's this uh, 1800 attack sea serpent which is pretty strong I guess Um, and this was all the destroy the moon one so this is a pretty good one I would consider this a contender for the winner Um, if only you saw the destroy your moon I mean attack the moon that would be pretty awesome but I think um, I think um this one loses some points because the Karyusha never even gets named by by Mako Tsunami. He just plays them like face down and they get played. So you don't even know it's called Karyushin. Like that's the that's the uh Achilles heel to this battle. Next one is Time Wizard versus Harpy Lady. This is where the Time Wizard turns them really old. Um this this one's kind of funny, but it's not like the best one, but um turn the Harpy Lady super old. And uh, unattractive and unable to move. Red Eyes Black Metal Dragon versus Barrel Dragon. This is uh, Joey versus Bandit Keith, of course. Not much meme value in this one, I think. Gaia the Dragon Champion versus Castle of Dark Illusions. This one has a lot of meme value. This is Yugi versus Panic. And where the Gaia Dragon Champion gets launched by Catapult Turtle and destroys the castle, falling onto all those monsters that have weird... Stats are not divisible by 50. Um, this one's decent. Black Skull Dragon versus Gate Guardian. This is um, fusion of Joey and Yugi's monsters against the Gate Guardian of the Paradox Brothers. This one does not have much meme value. Black Luster Sco- Soldier versus Harpy's Pet Dragon. Uh, I guess this was during the championship series. Yugi versus Mai. Not much meme value there. Soggy the Dark Clown versus Dark Rabbit. I think this is the winner in my opinion. Because in the show, the Dark Rabbit just slaps the Soggy the Dark Clown a million times. And he wins. Um, I've always thought it was hilarious that Kaiba played Soggy the Dark Clown. And that's why I want to see him in a playmat. But there's a lot of contenders. Magician of Black Chaos versus Thousand Eyes Restrict. This is... Um, Yugi versus Pegasus. Not much meme value here, but I think he shot him up pretty good. Panther Warrior versus Fortress Will. This is Joey versus Mako in Battle City. I honestly don't remember this fight, really. Panther Warrior was clunky as hell because you needed to sacrifice things, and Joey always used the scapegoats. You're Freed the Iron Knight versus Parasite Parasite. This is Joey versus Weevil. Um, 
Sure, it's okay, I guess. The gear free had armor, I guess. He couldn't get penetrated by the parasite. Valkyrie and the Magnet Warrior versus Mass Beast Desgardius. This is Yugi and Kaiba versus um, Loomis and Umbra. Not much meme value there. Big Shield Gardener versus XT's Dragon Cannon. I don't remember this happening. I mean, XYZ Dragon Cannon. Who even used that besides Chaz Princeton? I guess Yugi faced Bandy Keith at some point. But, I don't know. The Big Shield Garden of Fighting is strange. I guess he's a, he had to be in defense mode because he can't attack. Slifer the Sky Dragon versus Alvis the Tormentor. This one might win, but, you know, like, we've seen that enough. Dark Paladin versus Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. Alright, that's another fight. Guilford the Lightning versus the Winged Dragon Ra. I guess this is, um... Joey versus Merrick, but he lost. And Silent Swordsman level 5 versus Doom Caliber Knight. I don't remember this happening at all. So, you know, I, I voted for Sagi, the Dark Clown versus Dark Rabbit. But any of those, like, you know, um, Gaia into the Castle of Dark Illusions, um, those types of funny ones are, are in, in... I'm in favor of those winning the playmat. So please make a vote for something funny. And uh, we'll get a playmat out of it. All right, Duelist Road, DSOD. Um, I think one reason I think DSOD is kind of lame is because I think Aigami is lame. Like he's like he's not on the same caliber of villain as any of the other guys in any other show. So that's why I think I think Aigami's lame. Uh, <laughs> and um. Yeah, that's all I have to say about it. I I, I was confused because I thought this was Duelist Chronicles, but it is Duelist Road. Duelist Chronicles needs you to roll the dice. Duelist Road is this format. So we haven't seen Duelist Chronicles. It may have been replaced by Duelist Road. But there's two new cards here, and they're both trap cards. Let's discuss these trap cards. First card's called Final Gias. Um, trap card, if a monster with an original level 7 is or higher is sent from each player's field to the graveyard this turn... Banish as many monsters from the graveyards as possible. Then you can special summon the one highest level spellcaster among those banished to your field if your choice if tied. Card has a lot of upside. Um, you can banish all monsters from the graveyards in one fell swoop, one one activation. And this is pretty strong against you know chaos decks. Anything like chaos dragon eleven year needs three cards out of the graveyard. Anything of that nature where they use cards in the graveyard, which is a lot of cards in Duel Links, actually. And the best card to do this with, obviously, Treacherous Trap Hole, Ballista Squad, things like that where you're, like, sacrificing a monster on your side and on their side. Because that's the only way this card works. So, um, sure, it's a disadvantage on your side, but um, being able to hit that home run of banishing every card from the graveyard is pretty nice. Now, the problem is you have to play the spellcaster yourself because you're not really relying on your opponent to have a spellcaster at all times. Easiest one I can think of is Dark Magician. Uh, Dark Magician clearly is level 7. Or you could have something like Witchcrafter, Madame Vare. That's another possibility. Because you get Madame Vare on the board and you just bring her back. That's pretty cool, right? And Witchcrafters themselves banish monsters from the graveyard. So they are fine with their monsters getting banished. 
I mean, obviously they use them for effects and things like that. You can banish Shmeta or um, Pitori for different reasons to tutor cards from the deck and stuff. But um, being able to hit your opponent with a final Gias is pretty cool. Um, I don't expect this to be a meta card, though. It's just too situational. And you have to be running the spellcasters yourself. So this is not a card that will see widespread play. But let's say the meta shifts towards spellcasters. Dark Magician makes a comeback. Um, then you could maybe think about this card as being like a side deck card. And, you know, it's possible that the necessity of banishing cards out of the graveyard becomes less good. But right now, it's a pretty good effect. Um, Thunder Dragons being less good makes this less good. Um, Harpies don't use the graveyard a ton. They do recycle stuff, but um, they're not really a graveyard deck. So... This is a card I would keep my eye out on. It's not like it's it's upside is just too good that you can't say it's bad card, but the setup needs to be there of Treacherous Trap Hole and Ballista Squad with your um high level spellcaster. So this is a card I would watch and not uh, keep an eye out on um just in case. The other card is a continuous trap, Metamorphotris. Activate this card by targeting one level four or higher monster you control. Special summon this as an effect monster, a rock type earth, level 4, 1000 attack and defense. Then equip that monster to this one. This card's still a trap. If summoned this way, this card gains attack and defense equal to the attack of the monster equipped to it. If it attacks, it's changed to defense at the end of the damage step. So, this is some kind of like anime move where like this becomes the monster and then that monster's attack becomes on this. So, in a way, your monster becomes pretty strong. You get a, a thousand attack buff, basically a thousand attack and defense. The defense could be pretty big, though. Like, let's say you equip Chaos Dragon Levineer. That card would get 4,000 defense because the 3,000 attack goes in, but the zero defense does not. So, you basically have a 4,000, 4,000 beater at that point, and that's pretty good. Like, you use Chaos Dragon Living here, it can attack, and then you equip it with this card, and it becomes a 4,000-4,000 beater. That's pretty good. Now, this is a trap card, though, so you would have to, you know, worry about it being slow. It's slow, of course, yeah. And then your your monster still gets destroyed. This is a rock type, so it's like defense, but you can still pop it with... um. Any removal, you could pop it with a Cyber Slash Harpy to bounce it. There's a lot of things it's not impervious to, unfortunately. A card like Power of the Guardians would be better where you're protecting them from destruction constantly. So, yeah, this is a fun card, but it's not its not that good, unfortunately. But, you know, um, maybe for like certain decks where it's like trap-heavy, trap-monster decks, this could be something, but... With um, with Endless Trap Hell being nerfed, it's not that good anymore. Alright, so let's move on to Silvio Sawatori. Talk about all his stuff. Silvio reminds me of Chaz Princeton. He's kind of like a flashy guy who becomes a good guy later. And he um, plays different archetypes. So it's like he doesn't have to play one archetype and is pretty versatile. Now, let's talk about his level up cards first. 
Yosenju Shinchu R. This is a wind rock pendulum. Zero attack, 2100 defense, scale of 5. Pendulum effect once per turn if you have Yosenju card in your other pendulum zone. You can make this card's pendulum scale become 11 until the end of the turn. Also, you cannot special summon monsters for the rest of the turn except for Yosenju. Uh, and then the monster effect. When this is normal summon, change it to defense. Monsters your opponent controls cannot attack face-up Yosenju monsters except for this one. So this is only like a pendulum card. The monster effect's pretty useless because the Yosenju monsters are like spirits and they go back to the hand. So it doesn't matter what they attack. This card becomes a scale of 11, which is big. Um, you could pretty much pendulum summon any card you want when you have a max scale of 11. So this is what that card's good for. It's a pretty uh, core card just for being a scale of 11. Now you get the card, the Monarchs Awaken. This is um, this is a Monarch card, which we've seen already. So this is not a new card. Um, yeah, it's never seen any play because you can't play extra deck. So... Monarchs prevent you from playing the extra deck, which sucks. You're pretty much hamstringing yourself if you're not playing an extra deck at this point in the game. Alright, we get this card, Abyss Actor Funky Comedian. And this card's all alone. It's just the only Abyss Actor card we get. So it's it's not a real archetype. Level 1, Fiend, Dark Pendulum, 300 attack, 200 defense, Pendulum scale of 8. Once per turn, you contribute one. This is the pendulum effect. Once per turn, you contribute one abyss actor, then target one abyss actor you control. It gains attack equal to the original attack of the tributed monster until the end of the turn. Monster effect: If this is normal or special summoned, you can make this card gain 300 attack for each abyss actor or monster you control until the end of the turn. You can target one other abyss actor or monster you control. It gains attack equal to this card's current attack until the end of the turn. Card cannot attack the turn this effect is activated. So, you can't really evaluate this card. They have no other monsters in their arsenal right now. Seems like their whole thing is like giving friendly monsters attack. Which kind of sucks because you, and you can't attack yourself, right? So it's not, it's not a very good card, I think. And... We get this card, Mayu Senju Hitat. They give you one, but it's also a farmable card, so you could farm more of these. This is a Wind Beast Pendulum. 2,000 attack, 3,000 defense, pendulum scale of 8. It's like a level 10. It's a high level. Pendulum scale, you can target one. I mean, pendulum effect, you can target one Yu Senju card in your pendulum zone. For the rest of the turn, its pendulum scale becomes 11. Also, you can't special summon monsters except for Yosenju's. During your end phase, return this card to the hand. You can use each effect once per turn. Monster effect cannot be special summoned except by pendulum summon. If this is normal or special summoned, you can target one card your opponent controls, return it to the hand. Each time a card on the field is returned to the hand or main deck by card effect, while this card's on the field, all Yosenju monsters you control gain 500 attack. Once per turn during the end phase, if this was special summoned, return it to the hand. This is a power play for your Senjus. Card itself can be a scale monster, sure, a pendulum scale. It's a 3, so you could make the other one 11. It's good. 
And this is the monster that attacks, because you special summon this card. You get to bounce one card at least, so this will become 2,500 attack. And then you could use pen, um, you send your sword sting, which bounces two cards, so you could make your guys pretty strong. And then the Yosendrus don't even need, like, I that binds. So, like, you could OTK your opponent pretty strong. And this is really good against battle phase traps. Anything like Book of Moon could counter this card, because then you can flip this over. And then it won't get its effect off. But against the battle phase trap, you're going to send those cards back to the hand. So... This is very good against your Drowning Mirror Forest, your Wolf D, things like that. If Yosendras become super meta, then Battle Phase Traps are, are off the wayside, basically. So, this is one of the power plays for Yosenju, um, core card in that deck. Alright, let's move on to Silvio's dual skills. First one's Attack Burst. Can be used up to your third turn and only once. Select one monster you control, it gains 500 attack. At the end of the turn, the monster's attack becomes zero. Similar to Gong Strong's ability, this card, this skill really sucks. Um, like, as we've seen, the Osendrus have better ways of buffing their attack, and Tie That Binds is a much far superior skill. So don't expect to see attack burst played anytime soon. Blowing up Yosen. Select one Yosen training grounds you control and place Yosen counters on it equal to the number of Yosenju monsters on your field. This skill can be used once per duel. In addition, add a pendulum zone to your field. If you begin a duel with a deck that has nine or more Yosenju monsters. So Yosenju training grounds is a continuous spell. It never really saw any play because... Um, Yosenjus have Yosenju Sword Sting, which is their best trap card, and they have a lot of stall traps, so they have like Drowning Mirror Force and things like that. So, if you're adding a continuous spell onto the board, and now they're a Pendulum deck, it kind of sucks, like, they they need those zones. Now, this skill would give you Pendulum Zones, so you could free up slots, but is Yosenju Training Grounds better than a generic trap card? I would say no. Um, you know, like, being able to have those stall traps are really good. Ha being able to have Yosenju Swords Thing, even two copies of it on the board, is pretty good. And this skill does not play this training grounds, like, straight from the deck or anything like that. So, you're basically using this dual skill with a continuous spell, which isn't very good for the deck. Like, it's not, it's not better than any trap card they run, so... I would give this a hard pass as well. Alright, next skill, Neo New Silvio. At the beginning of the duel, add a Yosenju Shinshu L and a Yosenju Shinshu R to the bottom of the deck. In addition, the following effect can be used once per duel after your life points decrease by 2,000. Return one Yosenju card from your hand to your deck, add a Yosenju Oroshi Channeling from your hand to your deck. Um, from your hand from outside your deck. The skill can be used if you begin the duel of 9 Yosenju cards. So just channeling spells a new card. If you control no monsters, activate one of the following effects for the rest of the turn. Add a level 5 or higher Yosenju monster from your deck to your hand. So that's a tutor on, you know, like the Mei Yosenju cards and things like that. Or place one Yosenju L and one Yosenju R 
from your deck into your pendulum zones, but destroy them during your opponent's next end phase. This is a pretty strong card because it lets you play two cards from the deck. You could play these two pendulum scale cards, and you're pretty much set because that's super strong. You send you Shinshu L's a 3, and the R is going to be 11. So, this is a pretty strong skill. Your deck does go to 22, but it's fine. I've seen you send your decks run 22 cards, so you run 20. This adds 2 cards. And then your Orochi Channeling could just come into play, and you get 2 free Pendulum cards, pretty much. Like in the, the Orochi Channeling negates the two cards in the deck, because they're played straight from the deck. This is pretty strong. Or, if you already have the setup, you can tutor Mayu Senju cards, or you can tutor um, the Senju Oyam, for example. So, this is pretty strong. Now, you have to lose 2,000 life points, and you don't have Destiny Draw, so you have to think about how to get around that. If you can use a card, that will make you lose life points. Or, if you can take a hit, from an opponent to activate it like a destiny draw so this is almost as good as a destiny draw but you get a card that is pretty strong because it plays two cards straight from the deck so this is a this is a decent skill neo silvio can be used once per duel if you control a monster that was tribute summoned change one spell or trap in your hand to a different card if you have a spell card you can change it to frost blast of the monarchs if you have a trap card you could turn into the monarchs awaken this is not that good. Um, it's Monarch Synergy, first of all. So, <laughs> there you go. Frost Blast of the Monarchs is decent. Um, but the Monarchs Awakens, a trap card, you can't even use it that turn. It works for any Tribute Summoned monster, so it doesn't have to be you're playing Monarchs. Um, it, it's not that good, though. I'm trying to think if this can be played in Vampires, but, like... I don't know. The the Monarchs Awaken definitely no, because then you have no extra deck. I guess you could play Frost Blast of the Monarchs with Vampires, but still, like, what's the point? Pendulum Booster. If you have two cards in your Pendulum Zones during your turn only, the attack of your monsters are increased by 50, multiplied by the number of the highest Pendulum Scale of the pendulum monsters in your pendulum zones. This is decent actually. Um the Yosenjus have a monster that becomes eleven. So that's a five fifty attack buff across the board, which is better than beatdown. And it works on every monster, not just the high level ones. So this is a decent skill for any pendulum deck. Like going forward, if you're playing a pendulum deck this is a skill you can use. Obviously for triple D, no, because the contract procrastination is better. But for an aggro deck, this is a pretty good skill. It's a win more though, because you need to have those pendulum cards in the zones. And let's say they knock out one with the MST, then you can't do anything, right? Like this skill does nothing. So it's a win more skill. It helps you win faster, but it doesn't help you catch up. That's a downside of it, but it is decent. High that binds, for example, would help you catch up sometimes, and it and it helps you win. This is straight up just a win more skill. Pendulum draft can be used when your life points decrease by two thousand. 
This skill can be used once per duel. Add a face-up pendulum monster from your extra deck to your hand. Until the end of the next turn, you cannot summon the card um, added to your hand by the skill or cards with the same name by pendulum summoning and can't activate their effects. This is a pretty bad skill. Um, you could reload the pendulum monster back to your hand, but then you could try to set up a big turn, but then you can't even summon it that turn, so it sucks. Pendulum Extra Charge. Can be used when you have two cards in your pendulum zone. Select one of them, add it face up to its owner's original extra deck. You cannot special summon monsters other than by pendulum summoning the turn you activate the skill. This doesn't seem too useful. Your pendulum scale card just goes to the extra deck. I mean, your opponent could just pop it, and then it does that anyways, right? And a lot of cards have the ability of just going to the extra deck on their own. Like the, um, the Odd Eyes Pendulum Dragon. Superstar of the Abyss Actor. At the beginning of the duel, add one Abyss Actor Superstar and one Abyss Script Opening Ceremony to your deck. Can be used if you can be used once per duel if your extra deck contains three or more face-up Abyss Actor monsters, including one or more Abyss Actor Superstar. Add one Abyss Actor Superstar to your hand from your deck or extra deck. Then return one card in your hand to your deck. Add a Pendulum Zone to your field if you begin a deck with has nine or more Dark Pendulums. I mean, this gives you some cards that you don't have access to, which may be in a box eventually. The Superstar... Uh, let's see, Pendulum Effect, Tribute, an Abyss Actor, Target, one Abyss Actor script in your graveyard, add it to your hand, so it's a tutor, I mean it's a recycle. Uh, monster ability, when normal or special summoned, your opponent cannot activate spells or traps and effects. You can set one Abyss script spell directly from your deck. That's a strong ability, it's not a bad ability. And this card dodges, Floodgate dodges, Book of Moon dodges, uh... Paleozo Canadia, so it's a decent card. And the Abyss actors like like setting these normal spell cards to get destroyed, so they get off on you destroying their back row and they benefit from that. Silvio's show-stopping performance can be used when your life points decrease by 1500. The skill can be used once per duel. Instead of conducting your normal draw, draw an Abyss Actor or Yosenju Monster of your choice. In addition, add a Pendulum Zone to your field if you begin a duel that has 9 or more Abyss, Actor, or Yosenju Monsters. This is decent. It's a free tutor on Yosenju for 1500 life points, and you get a Pendulum Zone. Maybe. Last skill, waiting for Abyss Actors. Add up to two Abyss Actor monsters in your hand to your extra deck face-up. The skill can be used once per duel. In addition, add a Pendulum Zone to your field if you begin a duel with a deck that has nine or more Dark Pendulums. This archetype doesn't exist, so we can't even evaluate this card. It's just like... It's not very good. And finally, we get two more cards from Farming. I'm going to go to the gate, go to the last guy, who is Silvio. So, Hitat, may you send you Hitat's already there. And then there's two new ones. You send you Shinshu L, which we've seen the R already. This is a Wind Rock Pendulum, 0 attack, 2100 defense, Pendulum scale of 3. If you send you monster you control, will be destroyed by a battle or card effect. You can destroy his card instead. That's pretty good. 
A monster ability, if this is normal summoned, you can change it to defense. Your opponent cannot target you, send you monsters you control card effects except for this one. So again, like, these solely exist to be pendulum scales instead of monsters. And this is the other side. The R, 3, and 11, you could pretty much pendulum summon anything with this setup. So those Yosenju Shinchu seem like core cards. Now the other card we get is Abyss Script Fantasy Magic. Target one Abyss Actor monster you control. This turn every monster that battles it but is not destroyed returns to the hand at the end of the damage step. If this set card is destroyed by an opponent's effect, you can have a face-up Abyss monster in your Pendulum monster. If this card is destroyed and you have a face-up Abyss Actor Pendulum in your extra deck, you can target one card your opponent controls, place it on the top of the deck. Alright. So these Abyss scripts, they they get off on getting destroyed. This is situational though. You need the Abyss actor face up in the extra deck and then they bounce a card. Not that good. Basically not that good. Alright, that's it. Upcoming news... Early November mission, uh, Dual Links mission research, new card, Flash Knight. KC Cup starts November 16th, so we have a few more days before that. Uh, Mid-November, Tour Guide Bingo. Late November, Primo gets sent to the gate. Late November, uh, for the sake of family, new UR card, Chronomaly, Moai Carrier, SR, Chronomaly, Aztec, Mass Golem. You get Trey again. Late November, Mission Circuit, new SR card, PM Captor. That's it for the podcast. Thanks for listening again. Like you can get this podcast anywhere your podcast, including on Roku, and all the back episodes are on the dualassessment.wordpress.com. Email me with anything at the dualassessment at gmail.com, or you can find me at Twitter at dual underscore assessment or my own account, Green Major CCG. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.